Well, hey, good morning, Stockholm Community Church. Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. So uh, thankful for this opportunity to be able to speak with you. And as always, I wanna say thank you to your amazing pastors, Pastor Brandon and Angela Konis, for this opportunity to be able to share with you this morning. Uh, I want you to know we love you. We love your pastor. We're so very proud of them. So very proud of you and what God is calling you to do. Uh, as a, uh, a member of the governing board, uh, I, it's my honor to be able to to hear and celebrate with Pastor Brandon and the team uh, what God is doing week in and week out there in Stockholm. And so, no, we're praying for you, we love you, and I'm excited to share with you this morning. You know, today I have the assignment of sharing with you from the book of Mark chapter 11. And if you wanna go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, uh, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, this is truly one of the great passages of scripture. Of course, the Bible is full of amazing stories and things, but I specifically love this story because it's what we know as Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is a very special day because it's the celebration of the kickoff of what we know as the Holy Week. And of course, the Holy Week was going to lead to Jesus going to the cross, paying for the price of our sin, dying, being buried in the grave, and rising three days later. Um, and, uh, and so this is the kickoff of what we know as the Passover celebration. Now, because I love Disney movies, I, I can't help but think Palm Sunday, as described in scripture, reminds me quite a bit of this scene from the movie Aladdin, where Al and the genie come busting into Agrabah. Prince Ali, if you've seen that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, here in Jerusalem, the, the story tells us people are lighting the streets, people are waving their palm branches, hence the name Palm Sunday, and they're laying down their coats on the ground for Jesus to be able to walk through and for the, the donkey he's riding to be able to process through. And people are shouting at the top of their lungs, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's an adoration or a way of praising. And these people are rejoicing the presence of Jesus. To hear Mark explain it in Mark chapter 11, the city is stirred. People are asking, who is this man? And everyone's interest is piqued. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the prime minister's entourage or motorcade before. Here in the United States, we have the president and I've had the privilege of being in Washington DC while his motorcade has gone by. It is no joke at all. I mean, we're talking about police escorts surrounded by uh, you know, bulletproof Cadillac Escalades, right? Motorcycles blocking the entryways and the intersections. It's a big deal. It's quite a scene to behold. Uh, but there's one thing that I noticed about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on this day that we're going to read about in Mark chapter 11, and it's this. Jesus didn't really win any style points, okay? Jesus was coming into town, the Bible said, riding on the young colt of a donkey. I mean, it wasn't even a stallion, right? If I was gonna roll into town and I was gonna try to make some kind of statement, I wouldn't have chose to ride a donkey. I would have chose to ride this big, uh, intimidating horse, right? Maybe a black horse where you could kind of see the steam coming out of its nose. You know what I'm talking about. That's the kind of horse that I would ride into, right? Into town riding on. But Jesus came to town, the Bible says, on the full of a donkey. It wasn't a Cadillac Escalade. It was actually more like an economy car. This wasn't the same type of, of animal that, uh, this, was, this was the same type of animal that some of the lowest of farmers of the day would have used to plow their fields, to do laborsome work. 
and, uh, and to transport some of their goods. So this was just a common, ordinary, everyday work animal. It wasn't anything special the way that Jesus came into town. So you have this big parade that's unfolding. People are coming out from every house and every storefront. People are in trees. People are on top of buildings. People are lining the streets like a parade to see Jesus passing by. And of all things, he's riding on the back of this donkey. But why? I want to take a few minutes to look at the entire story and look at some of the things and some of the details that are happening in preparation for Jesus' triumphal entry leading up to this Palm Sunday. Some things that will give us a little bit of insight. And over the next few minutes together, I want us to ask this question. What does Jesus want us to hear? What does he want us to know? What does he want us to understand from this story? So let's look it out. Mark chapter, let's check it out and look together. Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse one. It says, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage, uh, at Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. And as they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying the colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. And when they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is in the highest heaven. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. Let's take a minute and pray this morning. Father, we're thankful for this time together. Lord, I'm thankful for my friends uh, that even though uh, we're miles and miles away, that we're able to worship you together today and we're able to look at your word. And I just pray in these next few moments, God, that you would speak to our heart something precious, something special that you'd like to share with us. Uh, we love you and we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. You know, every time that I read this passage of scripture, I'm amazed. Here the story starts off with Jesus talking to two of his disciples and he tells them, go into the village. And he says, therefore, you will find a donkey tied up. It's never been ridden before, but go and untie it and bring it to me. And the two servants, they do exactly what Jesus asks them to do. We don't see anywhere where they ask Jesus for directions. We don't see them asking for more details. Like, how will we know that we're grabbing the right donkey, Jesus, right? Surely there was more than one donkey that was tied up in Jerusalem. And Jesus tells them, uh, oh, hey, and if anyone asks you what you're doing, just tell them it's okay, Jesus needs this. Just, just they'll know. They'll know what you're talking about. And, and it makes a little bit more sense. In Matthew chapter uh, 21 and verse 5, he reminds us, by telling uh, Matthew tells us a little bit more to the story, he reminds us that this wasn't just something that Jesus set up a few weeks earlier. Uh, this was something that had been done and had been set before the foundations of the world. This was done, and the prophecy of Zechariah was being fulfilled in this moment. Jesus was saying, you know what, they're going to know what you're, what you're talking about because my father has set this plan up in motion a long time ago. This wasn't just about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Remember, this was the beginning of something much greater. This was the beginning of the weekend that would literally change the world. 
but there's still something about this donkey, right? I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm stuck on the donkey in the story. There, there used to be this song uh, in American children's uh, television, uh, this, uh, this show called, that I used to watch growing up when I was a kid called Sesame Street. And this song would say this, one of these things is not like the other. And, and so what they would do is give you four pictures and you'd had to figure out which one didn't fit with the others. And, um, and you know, for me, for some reason, this donkey just feels like one of these things is not like the other, right? This just doesn't fit in the story. It feels a little out of place, right? Here is this powerful moment and this powerful son of God riding into town. It's a moment of fanfare, a moment that it feels like time has just kind of stood still and just has stopped. And Jesus is riding into town and he's on a donkey. In fact, it's the very animal that he chose. Now, I know that uh, it needed to happen this way to fulfill prophecy, but why did Jesus send two of his disciples on purpose to go grab this particular beast? Well, the first lesson that Sherlock Holmes taught us as we read Sherlock Holmes' detective books is we've gotta go back and look a little closer, right? So let's do that. As we re-examine the words of Jesus, I think we're gonna find some important things in the little details that we see. And the first thing that I want us to look at, the first little bit of detail that we see is that Jesus sent his two disciples saying, go find the colt and untie it. So the servants of Jesus, they head out towards the city and the only thing that they know really about this donkey is they know that it's in the city and they, they know that it's tied up. And so they begin to do their search. And it reminds me of the game of hide and seek. I love to play hide and seek as a kid. And you know what I'm talking about where one person is it and they're supposed to count to a minute. And by the time they get done, everybody else has scattered and hidden throughout the house. And then it's your job to go and find the people where they're hiding, right? Here Jesus is saying, listen, I, I'm, I, want, I want you to go find this donkey that is in the city of Jerusalem. You'll know it when you see it and it's tied up. And Jesus is saying, I've set this up for you, go find it. And it's almost like he's telling them, play Where's Waldo, right? Have you ever seen that book of Where's Waldo, the guy with the glasses and the stripes? Uh, go find this donkey, it's like, Where's Waldo? Go see if you can find it. And can you just imagine the weight and the pressure they're carrying because the Son of God, Jesus, their master, uh, the one they've seen do miracle after miracle, the one they've seen heal the sick and raise the dead, right? He's saying to them, I need this, go get it. Talk about pressure. And so they're on their way into this city and somewhere it was tied up. And because it was tied up, we, we can assume this, it wasn't going anywhere, right? And it definitely wasn't going to try to come and find them. It was tied up. And as long as it remained tied up to the hitching post, it wasn't gonna be able to serve its purpose. As long as it remained bound, it was of no use to anyone. It was just waiting. And so Jesus tells his disciples, go and find this colt, untie it and, and bring it to me. The next thing that Jesus tells them about this donkey in verse two of our text, something that really caught my attention, he said, it's a colt which no one has ever ridden. Listen, I, I need you to go and find this colt. It's young. It's tied up, and oh, by the way, oh, here's an important thing. It's never been ridden before. Just a few little words in a sentence that are pretty easy to overlook if we're not careful. But when you read those words, it causes us to realize that, oh, again, this isn't just any colt, right? This isn't just any donkey. This one was bred with purpose. This colt was still in its prime. 
This cult was young. It was probably still very strong. I don't know a whole lot about animals. Uh, I would only imagine that maybe you could kind of tell when a, a donkey has done a lot of work and a lot of labor, maybe it's back sags a little bit, but for some reason, somehow, they would be able to tell this colt was still strong. It was still in its prime. It, it hadn't accumulated a lot of hours of labor. It had really never carried heavy loads before. It hadn't even carried the weight of a single person. It was full of untapped potential full of untapped potential. But here's something that I want you to see today. As long as it was still tied up, it would never make it to Jesus. And so they had to go and find it and untie it because Jesus had big plans for this donkey. And then verse seven tells us that the donkey that they bring back to Jesus, one more thing it tells us about it, number three, it says they threw their cloaks on the colt. Why did they do this? Why did they take their coats off and throw it over the back of this donkey. The only reason I can think of is because they didn't have any time to take him to the colt wash. I know, I, I, don't, I don't really know exactly what it was. Maybe it was Sunday and, and maybe it was closed like the system bulligat. At least that's what Pastor Brandon told me to say, you know, uh, uh, he told me that would be funny. So if that was funny and you laughed, then that was totally on me. Uh, if not, that was Pastor Brandon's joke, okay? He said there's a, uh, I guess the stores, the system bulligat is closed on Sundays. And, and uh, we have a, a store here in the United States. It's a chicken restaurant called Chick-fil-A. It's a Christian-owned operation, and everybody is always like, oh, it's Sunday. We want chicken, and it's closed because they honor the Sabbath and closed. And so, um, uh, but, you know, I, I'm sure it had nothing to do with that. Um, all joking aside, though, the colt was, was young. It had never been used, right? It was an animal um, that, even though it had never been used, though, it was, it's an animal. It was probably dirty, right? They probably threw their coats over the back of it so Jesus could ride a little bit more comfortably on it. But that day they put the coats on the back of this young donkey so that Jesus could be carried by it throughout the streets of Jerusalem where the people shouted and they celebrated and it was pandemonium. And that day, that little colt, though it had never been paid any attention to before, that day it carried the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into Jerusalem. And I can't help, friends, I can't help but make a parallel between that young colt and your life today. I can't help but make a parallel between that young colt and my life. And I know you, you might take offense for a minute and you're like, this guy is calling me a donkey. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm not calling you a donkey, although some of you are a little bit stubborn, I hear, but no, I'm just kidding. But the Bible says in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 that you were lost, that I was lost. And that the Son of Man, that's a, a name the Bible uses for Jesus, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Like that young colt, we were bound in our sin, but Jesus came to undo the rope. He came to free us from the bondage that sin had tied us up and tangled us up in, and we were bound and we couldn't go anywhere. And here's something I know, the enemy wants you to stay tied where you are. The enemy wants you to stay tied up because you can never fill the purpose and the destiny that God has for your life when you remain tied up. So the enemy says, just stay where you're at. 
Just stay there. Stay down. Stay defeated. You're okay there. You don't need to go anywhere. Just stay hidden. Just stay in obscurity. Just stay bound to your addiction. Just stay defeated in your sin. Listen, your marriage is going through some troubles. Quit fighting. Just give up. It's over. That's what the enemy wants you to think. But Jesus came to set you free. In John 10, 10, it says this, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Jesus came to set you free. He came because he knows of the untapped potential that you have in your life that's inside of you. Why? Because he's given it to you. He's placed it there. Even before the foundations of the world, Jeremiah says this, before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you and he had a plan and a purpose for your life. He knows there's something special about you, a purpose that you can only accomplish if you're no longer tied up. And here's the cool part. When they placed their cloaks over the back of the colt, it was symbolic of the atonement covering. Just as they were covering up the dust and the, and, you know, the, the mud and insects and maybe whatever was riding on the back of the donkey, the Bible says that Jesus and what he did on the cross for you and I, the shedding of his blood has covered our sins and he's atoned and paid the price for our sins. But not only does he remove our filthiness, he replaces those with spotless garments, with his robes of righteousness, the Bible says. Romans 5, 2 says it this way, for our sake he made him, who is talking about Jesus, him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So like the coats that were thrown over the back of the donkey that day, the blood of Jesus covers us. And I love the part in our story and in Luke's version, he captures this in chapter 19 and verse 33. When, when Jesus tells his disciples, he tells them this, you know what, people are going to ask you, why are you taking that colt? Why are you untying it? Where, where are you taking it to? And Jesus says, just tell them, it's because the Lord needs it. Can I tell you that people are gonna ask you, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, what happened to you? Why aren't you tied down anymore? And I wanna encourage you to say, because God has a plan for my life, because he needs me. He has a purpose for my life, and I can't stay tied up here any longer. The Lord needs me, and today I get to carry Jesus. Today I get to take Jesus to the people around me. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. Did you hear that? We get the privilege of carrying God's precious message with us. You and I, we carry Jesus. A, a couple of years ago, my son and I went on a hike and, um, and it was uh, up a, uh, an incline. It was, it was about 3,000 feet of elevation gain at, at some point and uh, over many, many different miles. And he was wearing some new boots that we had gotten him. And uh, on that day, his, his boots weren't fitting really well. And at one point he rolled his ankle and we're still about two miles away from our car. We're coming down off of the side of this mountain called Tiger Mountain here in the state of Washington. And, and I'll never forget, he's like, Dad, I can't put any weight on it. And uh, he's a little bit shorter than I am. And so here I am bending down and literally holding his arm around my shoulders and trying every step to help him. Every step, he's, oh, that hurts. And, and, and I, so I tell him, let's jump on my back. And he's, no, I don't want to do that. That's uncomfortable, Dad. And just help me, just help me walk. And so for two miles, which took us several hours to get back to the car, for two miles that I was carrying my son. I think I walked like this for a couple of days afterwards. But you know, you and I, we get to actually carry 
Jesus and the message of the gospel with us. And you know, sometimes that's a heavy burden to bear. Sometimes that's difficult. Um, but the truth is, is, if we're gonna be able to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then we have to understand that we have a responsibility to carry the message of the gospel everywhere that we go. You see, Jesus didn't need a big black stallion that was strong and perfect. He didn't need an Escalade, right? It was actually more like an economy car. He wants an instrument that he made with a purpose that he's personally set free. And that's you and that's me. And so the question that we've been asking today is what is the message that Jesus wants us to know from this story? And the message is simply this, he has an incredible plan for your life and he wants to use you. You get to carry Jesus to the people around you. Will you carry him to your family? Will you carry him to your friends, to your coworkers, to complete strangers? Will you invite someone to church next Sunday? Will you take the opportunity whenever you have the chance to share your story and to share the gospel with other people? Because our time is short. We have a mission. This morning, as we bring this to a close, I wanna ask you, will you carry Jesus to the people around you? This morning, I want us to take a, few look, uh, t- take a look at a few takeaways. Um, maybe, first of all, Maybe like the cult in our story, the Lord has gone to the cross. He's done a work of dying on the cross and and literally doing that to forgive us of our sins that we might be set free. And today you're hearing you no longer have to live bound. You no longer have to live tied up, but that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And you would say, today I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus and follow him. If that's you, I'd love for us to take a moment. Let's just close our eyes and let's pray. And if you're here today, you could pray this with me out loud. You could echo it in your heart, but let's just pray this today. Jesus, today, I wanna begin a relationship with you. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sin. I wanna spend eternity with you. I confess you're my Lord and my Savior, and I invite you into my life. And I ask you to lead me and guide me and help me. I wanna live my life with purpose for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that was you today, you said yes to Jesus. I know that someone at church this morning would love to know. Would you tell somebody before you leave? Would you, would you talk to someone uh, before you go and let them know today? I said yes to Jesus. I prayed that prayer and invited him into my life. And, and I know this, that, that, that as a church, we're going to celebrate you and come alongside of you. Maybe you're here, maybe another takeaway today is you say, I'm choosing to have a heart that's open and ready for God to use me. I'm understanding that I get to carry Jesus to other people and and I wanna be used to help further his kingdom. If that's you uh, and you would say yes to that today, I'm so proud of you, so excited for you and I know God's gonna use you to do some incredible things. But I'm gonna ask today, would you stand with me And I'd like to pray for you as uh, the team member comes in just a moment to transition what's next for you this morning. Um, I wanna pray for you uh, before before I sign off um, and let you know I love you so very much. But Lord, thank you so much for my friends at Stockholm Community Church, God. Thank you so much for what you're doing in their lives. And I pray, God, for those who have just said, Lord, Lord, I recognize that I have an opportunity to share Jesus with the people around me, that I get to be on mission. And so, Lord, I want to live with intentionality. I want to serve you, God, and I want to be prepared. So I pray that you would give them boldness, God, to to be able to share their faith, to be able to tell other people their story and how you have 
set them free, like this cult God who was untied and, and began to fulfill the purpose that had been established for it. God, you also have set us free so that we can walk in the purpose that you've given us. And, and part of that purpose is living for you, God, and, and, and sharing our faith with other people. So God, I just pray that you would now speak into our lives, give us boldness and confidence, and may we be your church in these last days, God, to the to people around us who so desperately need you. They need your hope, they need your freedom. God, go with these friends this morning and use them this week, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, thanks so much. It was an honor to be with you, I love you, and uh, hopefully uh, get to be with you again in the near future. Um, I'm gonna hand it off and uh, have a great Sunday.